I'm Colin. And I'm Megan. And this is Pet Sitter Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Brought to you by Time to Pet. Well, hello and welcome back. Today, we are opening up yet another black box of running your business. There's marketing, finance, and today we are tackling SEO. So to do that, we have Amy Toman, owner of Pet Sitter SEO with us. Amy, thank you so much for coming on the show today and uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Oh, hey, Colin. Um, okay, I have been in the dealing with with pet care uh, professionals for over five years. I started out at a um, at a hosting and website design kind of templates uh, company. And then when I left there, I kept having people ask me what questions, you know, come back to me, pet sitters who I met, um, kept coming back and asking me, you know, if I could help them further. And I ended up starting my own agency, which is Pet Sitter SEO. And I, I have, I have been, I've been growing. I've been learning. I've been trying to spread a lot of the good news out there of different, you know, things I find that'll help. I think, I hope, will help people along. And um, you know, now I, I do mostly just audits. I, I look at uh, people's Google listings and their websites and give them an audit, you know, explain what's up and what, what would help them. And um, I also, you know, I work on other projects outside the pet industry as well, which is probably one of the, the best things because that way I bring, I bring that kind of high-powered information back down to people, you know, just letting them know some new things that have come up, things that they should act on, things that they shouldn't worry about. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of where I am right now. So I got to ask, why SEO? Why is that something you're so passionate about? Ah, really good question. Um, when I was at that other company, people would call and ask, you know, should I do this? Should I do that? And a lot of it was to me kind of logical, like what pages should I have? Should I move this? Should I move that? What do you think about this? And I was just giving people really practical advice. And I started uh, doing some research. And I started realizing that that actually has a term, <laughs> it's search engine optimization. So you're probably know, right? So you're putting things on your site in a way that both helps both your the people who are visiting, right, your your website visitors, as well as uh, the search engines. Because if you don't put things in the way that they are going to use the best, it, it's kind of your efforts have kind of been useless. You know, you kind of waste your time. So. Um, uh, and that's pretty much it. Once I figured out that, that that's kind of what I really like, you know, to try to help people put, present things to the world in the way that's going to get them the most, um, maybe the most efficient, the most successful, that's when I started Pet Sitter SEO because I really wanted to use the knowledge that I had gained and I wanted to gain more um, to help out, you know, my pet sitter friends and, you know, small businesses as I ran across them. Right. Yeah. No, it's just... It- being able to look at it in a practical manner. And it sounds like it just kind of clicked for you and just kind of all made, all made sense. Yes. That, that, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it all makes sense, but I try um, a lot of, cause a lot of what it, what it is, I think is a lot of people it's, it's trial and error, like sitting there saying, okay, um, you know, people have done it like this for a while. Is that actually the way it still works? Or is there a better way that we can do things? So in as much as I don't actually do a lot of the experimentation, 
um, I am more than willing to amplify someone else who has, right? Somebody who has um, come up with, with a great new, you know, a find, a new find that they figured out or something that, and I've had a few of those, you know, I figured out things that Google has done and I got a little credit for it, which is nice. But it, a lot of the times it's just kind of, it's a combination of common sense and figuring out how something has changed from the last time. You know, that's, that's the thing. It did it, you know, it worked a few years ago. It's not working now. We've got to figure out, you know, what's changed and then how we can adjust to that. Well, uh, maybe walk us through how the landscape of SEO has changed over the course of time. Okay. When I was, <laughs> when I was first, um, I, I, what, I went online the first time it was after I was working after college and there wasn't, there wasn't a World Wide web. There wasn't a graphic representation of data that was going back and forth. There were no websites, the whole drill. Well, when the websites first came on, they had, it was basically do whatever you can. It's fun. It's interesting, but you weren't advertising yourself as that gradually came in standards have developed, right? We no longer have things like you go on a website and music starts. Music doesn't start anymore. You don't have things, you don't have a black background and things shooting across just to get your attention. You know, it's, it's things have, have pretty much mellowed out and you can't, you expect things to be in, in the certain places, right? You expect people's logos to be in the upper left. You expect their contact information to be at the top. You expect a nav bar to be at the top. You expect to be able to find all the pages from the nav bar. You shouldn't have you. You also the easier it is to find something, the better for the user, right? If I have to go search for something, a lot of times I'm going to say, "Forget this. I'm not bothering," and I'm going to I'm going to head out. We've all done that. So I, I think I think from where we started to where we are now. It's just gotten things have standardized because they have become the easiest way to do it, right? Things have become very, um, very user centric. If people were doing something and they kept complaining about it, a lot of times either Google or one of the other search engines said, you know what? Well, then I'm just not going to have that anymore. And there you go. So <laughs> that's the biggest change. Everything has become more user centric. Yeah, which you know might not you know it it it's it's amazing to see that progression over time. And and you mentioned how SEO is this balance or, or working in tandem with you the user interface of a website and what the search and what the algorithms are are looking for, um, and that they that you have to satisfy both of those at the same time with your website. One of the pieces of data that Google uses. And they all do. So when I say Google, I don't necessarily mean Google, you know, the company. I mean Google, like the search engine, general. It could be Bing, it could be, you know, DuckDuckGo or whoever. Right. Well, I mean, a lot of the things that they do, they're doing it because one of the the things they do is they look at click-through rate, CTR, right? So if people are not, are typically not doing a certain thing, then they're not getting a high click-through rate. So eventually Google is not going to look for that, whatever that one thing is. Like say if they said, okay, we're looking for everybody to click on this. Well, people don't click on it. They're going to change. And, and you know what? Human beings change as well. They're not looking for things that they used to look at. 20 years ago, we still had all those bright colors and this music and this and that. It was kind of like people did it because they could. And now, you know, because it has kind of morphed into more of like a, an information slash um, marketing media, you don't you don't see that anymore because it's just not 
what people need and what people want. So when you, when you look at a website, if it's not user-friendly, if it's hard for people to find information, it usually is not going to come up really high because it's not what the search engines believe people want. I mean, the other thing is that, that search engines are looking to answer the query, okay? So if I go into, if I just type in pet sitter, right? The assumption is that I am asking for a pet sitter near me to provide a service, right? It used to, used to that they're, they're getting a lot more intuitive in terms of what the information that they give back to you. So they may, they're making a lot more assumptions now, but the assumptions are based on their prior experience. So these, all these things, all these things come into it. It's just, it's, you know, very interesting to me. Yeah, absolutely. Because it, it's tying this human behavior level into it too. Like you said, that click through rate is actually a measurement of human behavior. And so as, yes. as the, as clients change, as the society changes, the algorithm inherently also changes in response to what people are clicking on. Well, it doesn't inherently change. It changes because the search engines make it change. Remember, this is all driven by humans on both ends, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> so I guess uh, we may need to, to take one step back here and, um, and talk about what SEO means and maybe why a business owner should, should care about it. Okay. Uh, SEO stands for search engine optimization. It's, you know, it's, it, I think it's like a standard term, but it's not for everybody. But what it means is getting your website and, you know, whatever else you have, like a Google listing and some other things, you want to have them so that they're optimized for the search engines, meaning that they're optimized for anybody who's going to come through, whether it's going to be Bing, whether it's going to be Google, whether it's going to be DuckDuckGo. You want to have your properties, I'll say, uh, in the right, organized the right way so that you get the most positive feedback, right? The, whether it's people coming to your site or people clicking through to make an order or clicking through to call you, that's what, that's what this is. That's what SEO is. And an SEO <laughs> Is a person who does SEO, so it's 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 both the person and the practice. I don't think it's a science. It's a little bit a little bit of an art, but it's definitely a bit of a science. Yeah, and and a business owner should care because their stuff. It's trying to get their stuff surfaced to the people who who need it in the in the fastest, most reliable way. Exactly, and the way the reason why business owners should care is because if you're not doing if you're not placing your information in the way that the search engines want it slash expect it, you're not, you're going to sit on page two through, you know, whatever, and you're not ever going to kind of get yourself up to where you need to be because word of mouth is cool. But these days, I mean, I don't know if y'all remember, there used to be a thing called the yellow pages. Nobody goes there anymore. Right. And the yellow pages, you would just go to like, like say, say dog walker and people would be in there alphabetically. So the smart ones would name their business beginning with like, you know, triple a, you know, pet sitting service. Why? Because, you know, those were the ones that came up first. And so you inherently, you know, it's, oh, you know, there's pet sitters. Look, there's this one. And I'll go to that one first. That's not the way it works anymore. The, the way that the search engines work is they are trying to answer the query the best way possible. And so you have to try to organize your properties, your online properties. So they're the ones that get picked by the, by the search engines to, you know, to present the answer. 
So it, yeah. Yeah, business owners, it, you, can't, you can't ignore it anymore, whether you're doing it yourself or you're hiring somebody to do it. You have to be paying attention to this right now because it's, it, you know, you're really, it's very important. And just to be clear, when you say things like properties, you're referring to to websites. Is that, does that also include social media presence as well? Yeah, yeah, it does. It does to a degree. Yeah, because I mean, the goal in all these things, right? The goal in all these things is to get somebody to convert and become a client. And mm-hmm. a lot of times, what you want to do, because I'm not, I will, I say, I'm tr- I try to be very honest here. I am not a social media maven, but what I will say is, a lot of times, even the goal of social media is to get people to go. In this case, to your website. So when I when I talk about your social media property, your, your say say your online properties, I'm talking primarily about your website, but also things like your Google listing, right? Your Google listing is important, and and other places where you have your your business information, like um, you right now, links are very important, right? So when you have, you should have links to your local, say your chamber of commerce. But you should also have links in in industry-specific directories also, like the PSI locator, NAPS, if you're in IBPSA, if you're in any one of other industry groups specific to the business that you're in, right? But what I'm saying about about the properties is they all need to be specific. And I'm sorry, consistent. So if you have your business name in, in, in one of them one way, they all need to have that same business name. You can't have three different addresses. You can't have different phone numbers. Like somebody has an 800 number here and a, and a regular number here and a different number there. When I talk about properties, I mean all of these kind of working together. The ones obviously you have the most control over is your website. And the second most control you have is over your, um, your Google listing. But still, that's that's what I'm talking about when I mention online properties. Sure. Every place that your business sure. is mentioned. Now, um, we'd love for it to have you to break down some of the most common misconceptions around SEO because I'm sure that there are a lot. <laughs> there are, there are, and and I think um, I think the biggest one is that I can't do it myself. Um, a lot of people in really small businesses. Um, I, uh, primarily, my, in my experience, pet sitters, um, they think that they can't necessarily do things by themselves. And to me, that's a misconception. Yeah, I know sometimes sometimes websites are hard to to edit, you know, on your own. But it's not that hard if you you can all, almost always find somebody who can either help you, who do it for you, or show you how to do it. Um, another thing is when people say to me. Uh, yeah, I got my Google listing a few years ago and I can look at it and tell you that was the last time they touched it. They, uh, a big misconception is that Google listing is not really important. And right now it is the most important thing that you can, can work on to some degree. It might even be more important than your website right now. So that's, that's mm-hmm. definitely a misconception that I run into a lot. People just don't understand the importance of it these days. Um, another one is that, um, the pages, everybody kind of has the same pages on your website. The problem is that if you're a certain type of business, meaning a business that goes out to somebody's location, you have to, you have to actually say what those locations are. And you have to have it in more than one place. Like a lot of people will have, um, they will list it, say, they'll list it, what we call the service areas. They will list them just kind of on the bottom, on the footer, or they'll list them on their contact us page. But when you're a service area business, you have to have an entire page for that. 
Mm. which to me is like a big, a big honking deal. Um, I, I think the biggest, the biggest misconception is that SEO is something for other people. And it, it's, it's hard when you're a really small business because you don't want to do any of this. You want to concentrate on whatever your business is, right? You want to concentrate on learning more about, you know, dog behavior and cat behavior and, you know, how, what do I do in this situation and how do I perform CPR and, you know, what is, uh, what is pet first aid? You would much prefer to do that. So the marketing end just kind of slips off to the side unless you have a crisis. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, wait, what do I do? I have COVID and people are not calling me and what do I do? So I think, I think the biggest misconception is that these things are things that you are not in control of. And I think you have to, I think you owe it to yourself as a business owner to learn how they work. And even if you're not, even if you're not the one who's kind of making all the changes and making all the updates, you need to know enough about it to be able to control it for yourself. That's probably the biggest one. Yeah, recognizing that there are, sure, there are probably some large things to make sure that you have, but there are these small things too of just these small changes that A, make your website probably better for people who visit it. And and B, you know, what you're after here is is the the, the search engines are also going to better be able to pick up on that too. So, um, you know, it might, it might sound very, um, uh, well, it, it sounds kind of scary, especially this big black box. Don't know what's going on. Don't know exactly how it works. But as you said, taking some time to learn about it, put in some of these simple practices and then, you know, tweak over time and take a few minutes or, you know, an hour or so a, a week to, to, to look over it and to refresh it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because I know one of the things that I hear an awful lot is that SEO is all about, quote, beating the algorithm. So I was, was curious, you know, how you respond to that or how you think uh, of, of the, the phrase beating the algorithm. You know what? I, I really wish that I, I, I would love to know where that came from, because the problem is that so many people want to get what's like a, a, a quick you know, a quick upbeat. They want to do something that's going to get them to the top right away. And the problem is that most of the time when those things happen, you as quickly as you get to the top, you then fall. Um, there are people who, you know, they, they kind of do things. They buy things, right? They buy reviews. They buy links. But the problem is the links are, if you're not doing the specific type of links that you need, they're not going to help. That's money wasted. Um, or if you are, you know, buying reviews, which some people like, oh, you know what? Everybody says I have to have more reviews than the next guy. I'm just going to go out and pay somebody and they're going to get me these reviews. But when Google finds that out, which they will inevitably do, you're going down. You link go, yeah, it, literally your, your Google listing will go offline and nobody can see it. And you can't get it back for, you know, yeah. So um, beating the algorithm is not, a, a lot of people also say that beating the algorithm is going to be pricey. The problem is that you don't necessarily, you can, you know, quote unquote, beat the algorithm. But the problem is that you have to do it kind of the right way. You have to go slowly, right? I'm the kind of person who like, I know when listings get suspended, I know how to get them back. The problem is I also know how to get them to go away. It's because I'm looking to see if people, um, if they're breaking the rules and because I know how to, how to do it both sides, right. How to, how to, how to take people down because they're breaking the rules, but also how to bring people back if they get suspended. Um, I can tell you, there's no kind of quick, there's no quick way to either beat the algorithm or, um, 
there's ways to get yourself back, but beating the algorithm is not really, is not, should not be a goal. What should be a goal is slow and steady kind of wins the race, meaning you have really good content on your website. You know, what are the questions you get asked? Answer them, right? What do you do? I always tell people, here's the thing. There's, there's five things I always say that you should have, I should see on your homepage. And this is something I hope people write down. Five things I think you should have on your homepage. And I should see these, anyone should see this as soon as the page loads. Okay. It's who you are, what you do, where you do it, and how to reach you. Okay. Those should be on the first screen. And those are something that people, you know, it's a quick win. It's a quick win, right? So you're talking about beating the algorithm. That's the sort of thing, the way you want to do it. You want to have those five things on the very first screen. There are also pages you should have, but these are not necessarily things that you want to do quick in a row. And I think when I think about beating the algorithm, that's what, I, what I'm thinking about. People who are willing to either pay a lot for something or they want to just shoot right to the top, not realizing. I mean, I've had clients where uh, they weren't getting many reviews. They got them a whole bunch within like a week and then they didn't get any for months. So yeah, they got the big shoot up and then they kind of went back and then they kind of stayed at the lower bit and they never moved again. So you don't really want to try to beat something. You want to try to work with it. It's the elephant in the room. People will say, well, that's not fair. Google does this or Google does that. I'm like, you know what? You're right. They're making bad decisions. That's not the sort of thing that's going to work for you. On the other hand, it's the only game in town. <laughs> so you have to kind of, you know, if they say the sky is green, go with it. You know, if that's going to get more clients to come to your website, you know, you got to do it. It's sad, but yeah. it's, you know. Yeah. And it's just recognizing, you know, you mentioned there, like, it's just, you know, being, doing, doing it the honest way, doing the slow and steady way. And part of that's just, as we mentioned, like taking the time to learn some of these practices and then, and then do it and know that, it might not pay off the second you hit enter or submit, right? It, but it's going to pay right. off down the road as, as things happen. That, that's, that's exactly it. And, you know, when you go into something like a, you know, a, a data source, like a tracking source, like Google Search Console or, or Analytics, you go in there and you can literally put in like a whole year's worth and you can watch your, you know, hopefully your traffic moving up. And, but it, it takes some time. Why? Because the search engines have to all, they have to, there's so many different things they do. They don't just look at your website. They look at all the other places you're mentioned, right? They will look at your Facebook. They will look at, you know, or obviously the open part. They will look at your personal, right? Like say, say, say you do this job. Like I, I, like I've said before, I do other projects. I do, I do primarily, you know, pet sitting, but I also do projects in other places. I'm also quoted in um, like some SEO, you know, pages, sites, surveys, things like that. There's another one that's coming out either this week or next. So Google then takes me, my name, and it associates me with all these things. And that gives me a little bit more what's called authority for when I do say something or I do post something, right? But if you come out and, and say, say you, Colin, have, don't have much online presence and you come out and say something, it's not going to be given as much weight in the result. 
as say, like if you come out and say something about SEO and I come out and say something about SEO, most likely because of all the associations that Google's made, I'm going to come up higher. Yours may be right. I may be wrong. But because I have all these other things associated with my, you know, my, my name and my business, then I would probably come up higher. So that's one, another reason why you don't want a quick win. You want to time to, to get those associations with your business, right? You want to have, the, have Google see that the Better Business Bureau has done their background check and, and appreciates you. You know, and that you have insurance with this company or you have, um, you know, you're, you're in these three industry directories. Those are slow wins, but they're wins that are going to last you a long time and they're just going to build, right? They're just going to build if you, if you get mentioned in your local newspaper or you sponsor something in your neighborhood. These are all things that go online and stay online and get appreciated. So, this, you know, slow build, but once you're there, you're not going to go anywhere. Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. It, again, it's, it's having this, this eye towards the future and know, as you said, it's a slow process. That's because, you know, the, the search engines, it takes, it does take them a while to crawl everything and to make these associations in the background and add the new data yep. as it comes in, as you put that online. And so again, this payoff that we're working towards, not going to be tomorrow, but we don't want the tomorrow one. As you mentioned, the, what goes up must come down. We want this nice, slow, solid build towards the future. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because you, 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 it's a nice foundation. That's a great, great way to think about it. Exactly. Now I, you've mentioned them a couple times, or you mentioned one already about the things to include on your homepage, but I was wondering what other best practices for SEO uh, pet sitting businesses should be doing. Okay. The, the best thing you can, the, the most important thing I think is make sure that you have your Contact information, obvious, okay? Have it at the top of your page. Have it at the bottom of your page. Have it within your page. You know, have like a button that says contact us. Um, on, on every page, if you can have it, it should be clickable, right? And so your, your, your email and your phone should be everywhere and they should be clickable. Somebody who's looking at this on your phone should be able to just press that button and immediately have, you know, their, their phone started. Um, that to me is like the, the biggest honking deal that people don't realize. You want to have it at the top. You want to have it, you know, in the header, in the footer, and then in the pages, as well as on your, more prominently on your contact us page. Um, another thing is just answer the questions, right? Think about what, when you, if you were looking for a pet sitter, what questions would you want to answer? Answer Answer them on the home page and answer them more in depth than other pages, right? So don't just say, if somebody says, if you're thinking, okay, I want a pet sitter in my town. Well, don't, you know, if you said so go on that, go on the, the nearest, say, pet sitter page. That pet sitter page should be mentioning that on the home page. And then it should have other pages that specifically mention that. I mean, you can mention it in the footer, yeah, but that's not as important as having a specific page that is called, you know, service area. Right. So having answering the questions is the basic deal. The first one is, you know, how do I reach these people? What are these? What do they do? And how do I reach them? That's that's the biggest one. And then just thinking in advance, or even like I said, if you have a current website, what sort of questions? What are people googling to get to you? Right? Are they Googling, you know, just pet sitter in my town? 
So then you know that you should be making sure that you have the town name in all the pages. You know, are they, are they looking for cat care, right? Are they looking for cat care? Are they looking for cat sitter? Whichever one seems to be, you know, you get more queries for, optimize your page for that. It, it, it's, it's the big deal is getting your, you know, finding out what people are asking and answering those questions. That's, that's the biggest thing I would think for SEO, just figuring out what those questions are going in, you know, say you put a site up, go in and look in search console and see what people are asking, how they're getting to you and optimize those, you know, your site for that. Well, and on that, I, you know, how does blogging play into SEO? Cause I hear that talked an awful lot about too. Blogging is really good because what it does is it kind of backs up uh, for your for your users and for the search engines um, what what your interests are and kind of where your authority lies. So if you are a pet sitter who specializes in cats, you should be writing about cats, all aspect of cats. Um, you know their 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 behavior, their psychology, their health. Um, toys for cats, training for cats, uh, I don't know, cat yoga, just anything that is associated with cats. So in other words, don't be a cat sitter who then writes about iguanas, you know, because that's right. not going to help you. And it's kind of actually distracts, you know, people are like, I don't understand this, you know, but, uh, but so what blogging does is blogging kind of, it, it, it builds up your, what's called authority with the, with the, um, with the search engines. Uh, just make sure, as I said, though, that you also have, and I'm sorry, this is going off the subject a bit, that you, when in terms of blogging, blogging builds you up as an authority in a certain area, but it only does it partially. The other thing that you really need to do is regardless of what subject you're working on, you need to have a page that describes what your credentials are. So if, if, if Colin is going to write about um, the care of raccoons, okay? But it doesn't, but Colin's bio page doesn't explain, doesn't even mention anything about raccoon care, doesn't mention any sort of credential that would even remotely relate to that. People aren't going to care and the search engines are not going to recommend the page. So if you want to be mentioned as an expert in say in say dog training, okay, on you on that page, on that blog page, you have a little blurb at the bottom about yourself. And then you on your about page, you explain, I have received, you know, I have done training with say this person. I have done, you know, I have taken these classes, I have received this certification, uh, you know, I've I've worked with this rescue or that police force or you know what I mean? So you have to kind of so so blogging is the first part. It does build up a bit of authority, but you can't I mean, I know somebody who when I looked at this, it amazed me. She had mentioned in some group somewhere that, that, oh, you know, Google's doing bad things to us. And what I looked at was that what she was writing about was nutraceuticals, which is fine. You know, everybody's interested in different topics. But nowhere on her website, anywhere, did she mention what her qualifications for that were. So if you're, you know, she's recommending you're giving, uh, you know, you, you, I don't know, give your pet. I don't know, special food or special, you know, pills or medications or whatever. But it didn't look like other than she just felt like it, like there was any kind of background, you know, like medical background or behavioral background or anything that would qualify her for that. Now, she could have been absolutely perfect. She could have been, a, you know, a vet for 30 years. 
But unless you tell people what those are and you lay them out for people and the search engines, they're not going to believe you and they're not going to understand. So blogging is a big deal, but you have to remember to, to back up whatever it is that you're talking about. Right. Because it almost sounds like, I mean, both in human behavior and in the search engines, uh, it's, it's almost making these word associations of, oh, okay. It's I called, see my friend, it's called entities. You're, you're, you're now a junior SEO to make, have made that connection itself. They are called entities. And that's exactly what happens is that Google says, okay, remember I said the nutraceutical person? That person, now Google associates nutraceuticals with that person, but then they go out and they look for other connections, right? Whether it's on that website, or maybe they'll look and see if she's certified somewhere, or if she's gone to a certain university that's going to reference her, or if she's, all of that is called entities. And it's become a big deal in SEO in the last few years, which is, again, why you want to make sure that if you're out there, anything, if you're representing your business, if you're representing a certain concept, right? Say if your business specializes in a certain thing, you want to go out there and talk about it in as many forums as you can, get people to, um, to, to link to you for whatever reason, get certified. All of that is called entities. Yeah, it's it's building that recognition between that and and strengthening that. And uh, you know, you keep pointing out of like it's not just having it on the website; it's having it in these other places consistently out on the web as well to strengthen that that um, that connection. Exactly, exactly, and that's from again, that's from local places like you know your local you know four thousand subscriber newspaper to your chamber of commerce to Better Business Bureau, to NAPS and PSI or IVPSA where they have, you know, finders where, um, where it'll have a link back to your site. All of those figure in. All of those figure in to, to create the, the online kind of profile of your business, you and or your business. Have you heard about Time to Pet? Doug from Bad to the Bone Pet Care has this to say. Time to Pet has made managing my team and clients so much easier. Our clients love the easy-to-use app and scheduling features, and our sitters love being able to have all of their information organized and easily accessible. My favorite feature is the instant messaging. By keeping conversations on Time to Pet, we are able to monitor our team and ensure nothing ever falls through the cracks. If you are looking for new pet sitting software for your business, give Time to Pet a try. As a listener of Pet Sitter Confessional, you'll get 50% off your first three months when you sign up at timetopet.com slash confessional. You mentioned earlier about the extreme importance of having a, a proper Google My Business. What, what sort of things should we make sure we are avoiding on, on the Google My Business to make sure that it's functioning as it should be? This this is my favorite topic at the moment. I am so into, I'm actually known, oddly enough, I'm actually known in SEO areas for, because I, I love Google and distance listening so much. Okay. Hmm. The things you want to, I will tell you right now, avoid because, and these are the things I have come across in so many pet sitter and pet, I should say pet care, um, Google my business listings. You want to avoid putting any words into your business listing, the name of the listing, that are not in your register the not that are not in the name you registered with your state or province or municipality so so say you are your jack's pet sitting right do not add 
and house sitting or and cat care or of Middletown. Can't do that unless they are part of your registered business name. Mm-hmm. That's that's the first thing. You you cannot get suspended for that, but Google will remove those. Um, another thing is, and these two, these two can actually get you, can get you suspended. Your address. If you provide, they, Google has very specific guidelines for whether your address can show or not. The easiest thing to remember is if you, if the majority of your business is going out and going, you know, walking dogs, providing care at someone's home, you are not allowed to show your address. Okay. If you provide services at your home and you have a sign out front and you have somebody there during the stated hours who you pay, like not your mom or your sister or your child, but who you pay to answer the phone during those hours, you can have your address show. So if you're not sure, people can always, you know, send me a message. I can always look at your listing and tell you, you know, if it's set up. But basically, if you are going to show your your address, you have to have a sign at your location. Let's just start with that. And the last thing is, uh, the big thing that you don't want to do is don't have fake reviews. Don't ask anybody who you're related to. Don't, um, you know, don't go in and do them yourself. I've seen all of these. Uh, Don't have somebody who provided services to you, you know, to to come in and say she's great with, with pet care when it was really your plumber, you know, because eventually those things get found out. They, they really do. And so those are the things you, you want to avoid. The big, big things you want to avoid are uh, keyword stuffing in the title, showing your address when you're not supposed to, and really um, asking appropriate people to do your reviews. As we mentioned about the fake reviews, because that can be really tempting, especially if we get you know a negative review from an actual client. It's really tempting to reach out to family and friends and other people to try and boost boost the score back up so we maintain that 5.0 or whatever, but it, it can be very damaging, it sounds like. Well, let me tell you, the first thing to remember is the sweet spot is not 5.0. You would think it would be, but it's actually not. They say the sweet spot for reviews is usually like 4.65 to 4.85, something like that. So having, having you know, a few four-star, you know, three-star reviews, as long as they're reasonable, that's okay. You know, you don't want to, you know, excuse me, personal opinion is if you have too many perfect five-star reviews, uh, it looks fake. <laughs> I'd like right. to point out that mine are not fake right now. I would like to tell you I can contact every one of the people who contact, you know, or wrote <laughs> one for me. I, I, but you should be able to know that, right? You should be able to, right. to know who those people are. But no, it, it is very tempting. And I understand that. Um, but And I have seen people go absolutely like, you know, kind of, you know, crazy nuts. I have to have, you know, all five surveys. You don't. You have, there's a sweet spot in there. And don't worry. If you have ones that are not five-star, what it proceeds to do is make you look human. Mm. You know? But yeah, but five, but fake reviews are, uh, you can also be reported to the, in the U.S., to I think it's the Federal Trade Commission too. And there have been lawsuits about them. I know at least, um, I, know, I know at least two lawsuits that, that are going now about fake reviews. So you don't want to go there. It's a, it's a really, it's a really bad idea. You don't want to misrepresent your business or ask others to help you do that. Can I tell about, talk yeah. about the good things you want on your Google listing? Cause I do have some good ideas there. Yeah, please do. Okay. Good things to have on your Google, my business listing. You want to have good photos. 
Okay. So when I say that, uh, unless you run a dog or cat rescue, you don't want all your photos to just be of cute dogs and cats. You want photos of you and your staff providing services, right? So say if you walk dogs, have photos of you walking dogs, maybe at a dog park, throwing a Frisbee, maybe putting food down. If you play with cats, right, maybe just one of you sitting on a chair. I have a pet sitter, one of the first people I ever worked with. She has a lovely photo of her just sitting on a, like, I don't know, it's a rocking chair or something, and just sitting there with this beautiful cat. She's just petting the cat, and she looks in control. The cat is looks well-fed and friendly and happy and content, but you want to show humans in your photos. That That's one thing. Um, another thing these days, that is really important and people, uh, I, I think it's going to become a very apparent very soon because uh, a new survey is about to come out within this week or next um, about what are the most important ranking factors for Google, for, well, for, for websites and Google listings. But one of the most important ones right now for Google listings is reviews. And when I say reviews, I don't just mean, you know, stars. I mean, Google reviews, meaning both the stars and the text. That has become very important. So, so it's great for you to have, you know, 250 reviews. Haha, <laughs> restaurants mostly have big ones like that. But you want to have ones that mention the services you provided. You wanted, and I kid you not, there is a thing called sentiment, if you can believe this. Google actually looks at whether people are being positive or negative in the reviews. Say if somebody gives you a five-star review but, but mentions a but in there. Well, Google knows that. So even though they, they will take it as a five-star, they will list it as a five-star, but they've noted elsewhere that that was kind of like a so-so review. So you, you want, Google looks at both the content of the stars, the content of the reviews, and, and they, they're getting to learn how to learn to read those reviews and they will pull things out and use them elsewhere. So reviews are a big thing also. So photos, reviews, and then just generally filling everything out. If Google gives you an option, if there's, if there's like a new thing in there, use it. The more interactive you are with those Google listings, the better it is for your website. You wouldn't think it, but the website doesn't help your Google listing, but the Google listing helps your website. So those are the things that I will concentrate on. It's, it sounds crazy to think of, it sounds crazy, you know, just to think of how Google is parsing, how the search engines are parsing the words there, but, but knowing that they are looking for certain things and they're, again, they're trying to tie back what they see uh, as ones and zeros coming through the internet and trying to tie that to human behavior and the way humans think. And, and they're constantly looking for, you know, these, these little affectations and writing or however things happen. And um, just, you know, that, that is definitely something that we as business owners need to be aware of. Yes. And it's, it's, it's hard because like one of the things that I do in my, uh, my Google, my business, I call it an action plan because it not only tells you kind of what you have and what you should do, but it tells you why and gives you like a plan for kind of moving ahead. Uh, but one of the things I do in there is I include some resources. Um, I think one or two of which is how to ask for a review to get the right response, right? So, because if you say, if you have a certain type of say, say pet massage, right. And it has like a fancy title. So what you, you know, if you want somebody to mention that in the review, it gives you some ideas on how to phrase things so that you can ask for them. Hey, were you happy with, you know, X service? Would you leave us a review here? 
you know, something like that. So it, it's, it, these things are, they, they become, you don't, you don't think about them a lot, but the, you, to, the way that Google is doing things these days, it's just so far advanced. It's no more like, you know, did you like it? Yes or no. And move on. It's, yeah. you know, the more that people can put in there, the more they're giving Google to use to help you know, your business. So it's kind of like I, I, I posted um, today, someone posted, oh, would you vote for me in like best of my city or best of my town? And what people don't realize is that's not, they're not, that's not just this business owner being annoying because if that business owner wins for whatever the year, the year, the six months until the next one, they have a link going from that site, which is probably, you know, a major metropolitan paper, like maybe a Gannett paper to their listing, to their business, mm. you know? So it's, it's all, you know, it's reviews. Yeah. But it's, it's something, it can be considered something bigger than that. So. Yeah. Well, and on that, on that, you know, we're talking about big things, but we're all mostly running very local businesses. So is there a difference in SEO challenges for um, large scale versus more local businesses? I will tell you at the outset that I specialize in, in local which is, you know, smaller businesses like pet sitters, um, you know, businesses under about 20 locations. And from what I understand, yes, because um, a lot of the small businesses, it's kind of easier to get these citations, right? It's easier to get when, and when people say links and citations, they're kind of the same thing where, um, where you're getting the better business bureau, you know, something like that. Those are a little bit more important to the smaller businesses. You know, you're not going to get the same credit from the better business bureau for, for say like a big box store as you are for a small business. There are a lot of, um, it's funny because sometimes I look at my friends who are doing kind of big SEO versus smaller SEO, and they're dealing with a lot, a lot of other things. They're getting, they're getting links from like, you know, really bad places and they're disavowing and they're telling Google, ignore that all the time. But smaller businesses usually don't have to deal with that as much. There's a lot more technical aspects that um, apply to, to big SEO that don't apply to, you know, small business SEO. So I kind of like that. I kind of like dealing with smaller businesses for that reason. I kind of, I think there it's just a lot less technical and it's a lot more um, personal, you know, getting reviews and talking to people in your neighborhood, things like that. The scale is also, you know, it's both good and bad. Yeah. As you mentioned, you don't have, you don't have these deeply buried links that you're trying to root out constantly, but I'm sure it's also yep. might be harder to initially generate the, the number of links and references that you're needing to build up, but that's why it's the slow process. And we're thinking of long-term throughout this. Exactly. It's also, I mean, there's also a lot of really heavy duty structural issues. You know, you're having like thousands of pages for, for products, you know, and, and that, that can be a beast just because of how you're going to structure everything. Then you have to worry about the speed. Everybody has to worry about the speed of a website, but it becomes even more important when you are doing e-commerce. I like my little niche. I'm happy. <laughs> I did want to ask you about the speed because that kind of, um, that was interesting to me. You, you, I see, I've seen you talk about that before. And uh, how does the speed influence SEO? And I think more importantly, what, what can I do about that? Really, I like how you phrase that. Um, Google has, when we were talking before about things that, that Google likes and encourages, you know, in terms of human behavior, you don't like, in a lot of cases, to wait. 
As a result, the standard amount of time that that websites need to come up, like the amount of time that they take to come up, has really gone down a lot. Um, partially because Google says you have to come up, you know, within this time. Because we were talking before about how things have progressed. Well, one of the things that that progressed or not is if you remember, you used to be, you used to have to click on something and then you would just wait forever until it came up. It just, it just was interminable. And then, but the thing is, if you get bored now, if that happens, you go, Oh, there must be something wrong with the site. You either refresh or you say, Oh, the heck with it. I'll back out. Well, that's the thing. These days people, because they want that, that faster experience, Google recommends your site comes up in another three seconds. And I, I, I am telling you three seconds. I'm not always good with numbers and data, but this one I can tell you, it's three seconds. So if your site comes up um, longer than that, if it takes longer than that to come up, you really need to work on it. I mean, three is not a hard number, but still you need to work on it. My The things that I've noticed that it takes the most of is um, some technical aspects of things like lazy loading and cache. Cache, cache loading, cache display, I can't think of the other word. But um, the biggest thing that, that I find that people can actually control is uh, the size of their images. And when I say that, um, images are very interesting. They, if you think, and I explained this to somebody else the other day, and she went, oh, when you put an image online, it takes longer to load when it is a more densely packed image, right? So if you take an image off your phone, now, this is not, I will tell you, this does not count for Google My Business, and I'll tell you why in a minute. But if you take an image off your phone, and then you, you download it, you make it all pretty, and then you put it on your website, a standard phone is going to take a really very detailed photo, right? So when it goes up onto your website, you're still going to have all that detail. The problem is all the details going to take some time to, to load. And can you imagine if you have like five or six of those on a page? So what you want to do is you want to opt, it's called optimize your image. And that what that means is if you think about the difference between a piece of say, I don't know, just take regular cheese. Okay. Like a Swiss, uh, Edam, Edam, Jarlsberg, one of those. And then you take, um, you take Swiss cheese, right? They both, if you look at the outside of the, um, of the wheel of cheese, it, they look the same, but when you cut them up, they don't the Swiss cheese has holes in it. But on the outside, they look fine. That's, the, that's what it is, is when you optimize an image. It's going to look the same, but it's not going to be as dense. And when it's not as dense, it loads faster. So one of the things that, that I, I recommend almost all the time is if your site is moving slow, if you are on a site where you can control this, which is WordPress, you want to you want to make sure that you optimize the images before you put them up. So do them like you know in a text in an editor, photo editor. What? But once it's on the site, you can also load what's called a, um, a plugin that will also do the rest of that. Um, an image optimizing plugin. That's a little tool that does that. If you are on a site like another platform like Wix, Weebly, um, Squarespace, GoDaddy they sometimes will optimize them for you, but I still think that you should optimize them before you put them up there. And as I said, you can usually find optimizing in, um, in some of the uh, software, the image optimizing like uh, software 
you know, where you'll go in and say you fix the filters and whatever, a lot of times they will, they will do it also. I don't think they do it on your phone, but they will do it on desktop. But that's the biggest thing. Speed is not, speed is not cool. Nobody wants to wait. Google wants it under three seconds. Biggest thing you can possibly do, make sure that your images are not big when you put them on there, that they're not as dense. They don't take up, you know, four megabytes. They take up a hundred, you know, a hundred kilobytes. Totally cool. Biggest thing you can do for speed. Now, why, why does the image size not relate or uh, matter for Google My Business? Okay, it does not matter because Google My Business, um, put it this way, they should be smaller, but if they're not, Google basically does it on its own. They optimize the images on their own. So they, they do it on their okay. side as opposed to you doing it on your side. Kind of like when I said that you want to have that plugin. If you have WordPress, you can add this little thing called a plugin. It's like a little tool. And so say um, the, the, the one way you would do it is you would optimize the images and upload them to your website. And then that plugin would optimize them further. It's the same thing as Google. You know, you do whatever you're going to do. And then if you give it to Google, Google puts it, optimizes it to the point that they think it would be appropriate. Sure. Okay. Well, that makes it easy then because yeah. you're not having to worry about that. They're, they're taking care of it on there. Right. Exactly. Google takes care of it on there. And again, sometimes, and I'm not sure to what extent, sometimes some of the other platforms like GoDaddy and Squarespace may do that. Um, but I would rather be safe than sorry. And I would rather optimize the images before I put them up there because I'm not, sh- like I said, you could probably do the research on this, but I'm just saying at the outset, I'm not sure how good they are about that. You know, we've talked about the importance of patience. So I, you know, let's say we've we've made our our homepage answer those those five things, and we've got good call mm-hmm. to actions. Um, we're blogging well. We're being consistent. We've got a, a well set up Google My Business. You know, what mm-hmm. if if I implement all this today? I wasn't doing it yesterday. I start doing it today. Uh, what, a realistic timeline to start seeing a response or a, a payoff in this? What, what would that be? Um, some people will say six months. I, I, it depends to me. I'm a big one for um, Google My Business, like really, you know, doing stuff on your site slowly, doing your Google My Business a little bit more aggressively. Uh, you know, I've seen people tell me that they're seeing results in a month. Uh, but wow. but again, see, the problem is it's always such a variable because I had somebody who told me that hers, her, uh, because of changes that she made, and this is in one of my reviews, that that she went up some some enormous amount. I mean, over 50% within like six weeks. But what you always have to remember is where, where were they when they started? You know what I mean? Because sometimes people just haven't updated their sites in a while. So when I, I, they yeah. go in and they ask me what to do, and they implement stuff. It's like they're going from like, you know, zero to 60 so, or 100. So, you know, just to get themselves back up to where they need to be. So I, I would say reasonably, you're going to see a real, you're going you're gonna to jump up and then go steadily once around like six months. I would say three to six months three to six months. But if you heavily optimize your Google My Business listing, meaning you're using all the options, you're updating on a regular basis, it wouldn't surprise me if it was faster than that. Give some sort of perspective on that. Uh, and again, we're not talking about overnight here. We're still talking a month, no. maybe more, uh, and, being, and being, just yep. being realistic about that and, being, and, then, and then staying on top of it, staying consistent with these kind of behaviors. Exactly. And, and, you know, let me, uh, I would like to point something else out that, that um, hasn't come up that much, but I would like to bring it up. At one point, I think a few months ago, I had a gentleman contact me and say that, uh, you know, he had been working with an SEO 
agency. And the SEO agency had not really, he'd been working for them three months, giving them a fairly substantial amount each month. Now, I don't run campaigns, but I know what a campaign is. I didn't years ago, but I do now. And they were running a campaign for him. And what campaign means is basically they were doing SEO work every month. And mm-hmm. so he came to me and he said he hadn't seen much of a difference. I said, okay. I said, I said, how long have you been with them? And he said, three months. Because people you know, just call me all the time and just ask me questions, which is cool. And I said, okay, you've been with them three months. Tell me what their budget was. And I, I said, well, what have they been doing for you? And he said, I don't know. And I said, have they been giving you reports? And he goes, sometimes. And I said, well, have you asked them questions? And he said, yes. But they use such industry industry terms, and I didn't understand what they meant, and I felt silly to ask. So if if people are listening to this, just remember, please, if you have signed up to get something, a service from somebody, you know, SEO or, or something regarding your businesses, make sure that you get a regular report, that they tell you what they've been doing, and that you see results. Because I know that a lot of pet sitters operate on a really kind of low, what do you call it, profit margin. And I hate when yeah. people, you know, get, get, I don't know, cheated, I guess is the best word. So if you ever worry that you're not, ask somebody else. You can send me a message, you know, is, is this the way it should be? Because a lot of times I think people, I, I think people, you know, put stuff over on small businesses. I ended up having a conversation with this gentleman and he came off the phone. And he said, you know what, can you just do the SEO review with me? Okay. The audit for me. I said, okay. And he said, I've learned more from you in five minutes than I have from them in three, in three months. And it made me feel both really nice for me, but really bad for him. So right. I'm just saying yeah. that just make sure that you're getting actionable results from somebody and make sure that they are responsible for explaining to you what they are doing to help you. I really appreciate you pointing that out because as business owners, like we have uh, a responsibility to make sure that um, when we're asking for things, like they're, they're getting done. And while SEO can seem overwhelming and confusing and, and things like that, so you may just go, oh, I'll just have somebody else do it. I'll just have somebody else do it and they'll, they'll take care of it. Well, you're putting a lot of awful lot of faith and trust in somebody if they're not updating you, if they're not taking the time yeah. to teach you and explain it. And so I, I, I really right. do appreciate you, you, you know, calling us out and saying, Hey, um, you know, make sure you know what you're getting and then ask for updates. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it shouldn't be even be a matter of you asking for updates. They should be providing you updates. I mean, the kind of, the kind of things that I will say, just, just, again, I know I'm going off track here, but the kind of things that are contained in an SEO campaign, right? Are people putting extra things onto your website, maybe changing your text a little bit, maybe adding pages, maybe um, changing formats on pages, maybe blogging for you, things like that. But they should be they should be telling you what they did. And even if they don't tell you specifically what they did, they should be able to say, you know, created three new pages or change this format or, you know. So I just don't like when people get, I don't like when people cheat or get cheated. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, again, I, I thank you. That, that's, a, that's a good reminder to us all to make sure that when we ask for something that we're understand, we understand um, and have expectations about it and, and people are being, being honest. So, you know, we've talked about a little bit of the history of the SEO, um, you know, here, here at the end was curious what what the future for SEO um, holds, whether you have a crystal ball or, or not, or, or what you hope for it to happen, I guess. 
Well, what I hope to happen and what's going to happen, hmm, don't know if those are two of the same things. Um, but it's a good, it's a good question. It's a good, to, it's a good thing to think about. Um, wh- what I hope is that, uh, well, the first thing is that I hope things get a little easier. And the way that I hope they get easier is um, for for small business owners is that I I wish that Google would be a little bit more transparent about about things specifically about their Google My Business listings, because a lot of times people will get suspended and it's up to the people to figure out what they did wrong. And that's, you know, that's a little frustrating, you know, when you have no idea what's going on and then they just say, oh, you've been suspended for quality issues. And that's all they say. It's, and you're sitting there like, what? You know? what? So <laughs> I, I wish Google would be a little bit more, more transparent. Um, but I also think too, and as much as I don't want to, um, you know, I, I don't want to tempt fate. I do think that paid Google My Business listings or paying to have yours rise to the top is coming. Um, I don't. I I think that they in their in their quest to optimize everything, you know, and monetize everything. I, I do think that's coming. Um, and if it is, if it is, as um, we heard earlier this summer, if it is going to be $50 a month for you to get your listing to rise above somebody else's, I think, unfortunately, I think that's something that, that pet sitters are going to have to, you know, eat the cost and just, you know, make sure that you, you can pay it. Um, right. But, I, you know, other than that, I think uh, hopefully things are just going to get a little bit easier. I don't want to say more standardized, but to some degree, yeah, in terms of the expectations. I don't necessarily um, want people to have to concentrate on uh, and listen to people like me so that they can get the um, the the right, the same, the results that they want. It would be nice if people could just, you know, get what they do things themselves and get the right, you know, results. But um I, I don't know. It, it's hard. It's hard to say where things are going right now. I don't think there's any one other than the fact that I think that Google My Business is going to monetize those Google My Business listings. Um, you know, I, I, I just like I said, I just wish things were a little easier for small businesses to understand. Yeah, I'm sure as as we all do, right? As we <laughs> ask for a little bit more transparency. And so hopefully that does happen. And uh, hope, you know, Part of that is is educating ourselves and taking some of these simple uh, action steps that you've given us today, Amy. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. I know I have a page full of notes and a lot on my to-do list now. Um, so I, I really appreciate you coming on and talking about this topic uh, and helping us understand it just uh, you know a little bit more. But I know there's a whole lot uh, more to cover and people may have a lot more questions. So um, how best can people get in contact with you? Okay, great. Thank you for asking. I am, uh, they can always email me. It's Amy, A-M-Y, at, and it's all one word, PetSitterSEO.com or on Facebook. I'm on Facebook a lot. Uh, um, It's just PetSitterSEO, you know, right on there. Um, You can send me a message if you'd like, or um, I have a phone number listed, but people don't tend to call and that's probably fine because people want to give me more information. Um, So you can go onto my website or you can message me on uh, Facebook. Those are, those are the the two best things that you can do. Wonderful. And I will have links to that and a few of the other things that we've discussed in our show notes and on our webpage. So people can click right to those and find those easily. Uh, Amy, once again, this has been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on today. Okay. Thanks very much. Take care, Colin.
I'm not kidding when I say that I have a page full of notes for my interview with Amy. Uh, this year, Megan and I have been doing a complete revamp of our pet sitting business. So this was a great reminder of a lot of the little things that I needed to take a look at for our website to make sure that we were as optimized as we possibly can. And there's always something else to do here or little things to be working on. I love how Amy broke it down into some simple things that we can have, especially on updating and staying consistent with our Google My Business listing and just how essential that is that is becoming, almost exceeding what a website is worth these days. Still having the website so people can book through that and you can start building those links and those connections. But if we are ignoring that Google My Business, putting good photos on there and everything that Amy talked about, we're really not getting off to the races too well. Thank you so much for listening. We'd like to also thank our Patreons for supporting the show and this week's sponsor, Time to Pet. Head on over to timetopet.com forward slash confessional to check out that discount. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, and we'd like to hear how you have worked and tried to understand SEO in your business and all the things that you do to optimize your website and your presence. Send us an email at feedback at petsitterconfessional.com or get connected with us on Facebook and Instagram at Pet Sitter Confessional. <laughs>